Take two. <laughs> Welcome back to episode nine of the Coach's Corner podcast. Um, it's Brian and Coach Mo. In this episode, Coach Mo and I will discuss, um, basically, we're going to give you some strategies for the zero to beginner you know, zero to beginner uh, player to help develop them. So we believe parents are the best first coaches. Of course. And so we want to give you some tips, some strategies um, to help develop your player if they're just starting out, if they're just learning the game of basketball. And this could be something where it's teaching them, you know, it's teaching them yourself, or it could be something used to supplement if they're working with a coach, you know, in the Y League or something along those lines. And so in this episode, um, we're going to talk about... Uh, first thing I, I definitely want to talk about is uh, handle, handle your business before they even touch the court. Okay? So, uh, you know, before, you know, as we're developing, it's beginning. Before, you know, one thing we always get is, you know, and we hear all the time, it's like, when they get in the game. Well, let's start from the beginning before we even get to the game. And then we'll also touch on when it is time to get to the game. That's going to be the first two things we talk about. And then uh, also we'll talk about some mindset stuff so that if you are the parent who's looking to be a more active coach or you want to take an active role in developing your kid, we're going to talk about how how and when to draw that line uh, where you shift between being a parent and being a coach. Um, a little bit about Coach Mo. Coach Mo is an expert on developing kids. Coach Mo has children of all ages in uh, our basketball academy program and uh, he has decades of coaching experience and is currently on the staff of the defending state basketball champions the <laughs> Bellevue West um, he works with kids of all ages and and he does individual one-on-one coaching or small group training and so um, and Coach Mo is one of the only certified speed and agility uh, coaches in the region so that's what we got. We are going to get, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping first to talk about some things we got coming up this week, and then we'll jump right into our topic. We'll get to you guys after the intro. Peace. Peace. Okay, so before we get into our topic, we have a little bit of housekeeping stuff to do. Um, a couple of things we got coming up. We got some news regarding. Uh, some location stuff. We got another location for an, a potential basketball academy day that we can be adding, which is going to add more value to those that are already that are interested in our basketball academy. Now we're looking at an extra day, um, you know, and we have extra location, um, you know, and we like to have different locations around the city just so that it makes, you know, you know, we're not, not everybody has to, you don't have to all feel like you have to all travel to one place every single week we're trying to spread it around so that people living in different parts of the city can have different length drives if that makes sense um and we, and we appreciate the understanding of right now i think everybody's kind of going through it of um you know location changes and just being available for what's going on and uh we really appreciate the current uh academy kids and the kids that would be coming through so it's just you know like uh, brian said adds another value and you know another part of town but um, we have appreciated everyone being able to adjust as we've gone and hopefully we're all gonna get to some sense of normalcy mm -hmm. sometime soon you know right now we've added the was it benson community center yep we've just we've just had that conversation and so we're going to be rolling out those dates and times to you i believe it's going to be thursday nights if don't you know yep. um and that's going to be an additional academy session. Session, um, it's going to be available for all ages. But we're gonna, you know, on the front end of it, we're probably gonna have the littles on there that are just getting started with basketball to do some skill work and things like that. Um, and uh, that will probably be Thursdays will probably be our night to work with uh, the little kid, the, the smaller, just beginning kids. Uh, we're gonna post more details about that as they roll around. Um, we are also aware of what's going on in the state um, regarding this coronavirus thing. And so we're actively monitoring it. Uh, we talked about it last week. I talked about uh, really focusing on building out our portals for the online stuff. I got some stuff set up. Um, you're going to start seeing a lot more meat on the bone in terms of those virtual trainings. Um, we're going to be, it's going to be virtual workouts that you can do at home. Uh, since Coach Mills is a certified speed and agility coach, we got stuff for adults that's going to be coming out. Um, you know, it's going to be our move, our move series where it's really based on 
you know, while you're in, especially in the winter months, especially if you're working at home, um, you're going to want some workouts that are keep you active so that you're not just uh, sedentary at a computer all winter. And so uh, we're going to roll out some move classes, which are based on what your athletic level is or what your athletic experience are, or what your outcomes you want. And so it'll go anywhere from somebody who's never really worked out before to somebody who's moderately worked out before to actual adult athletes, competitive. If you're doing mud runs, uh, 5Ks, you know, uh, I know they have the stair channel where you can run up the stairs over at the First National Bank, you know, yep. building. And, you know, or any kind of tall skyscraper, if you're listening worldwide, which we hope you are, (laughs) um, we know that um, there's those kind of challenges as well. And so we're going to be rolling out move classes based on that level. It's going to really take Coach Mo's speed and agility specialty and basically break it down to you and give it to you so that you can do some workouts at home. So it's something we're really excited about. Um, Last, this Saturday, um... I don't know when this is going to publish. I'm trying to get this published before Saturday, but if it, if, if it publishes after, if it publishes Saturday or after, um, we had a great session at our, at our, um, dynamic handles camp. If it publishes before Saturday, you need to sign up for a dynamic (laughs) handles camp either way. Um, but we have dynamic handles training. If you haven't signed up, it's time to sign up now. Time is really short, uh, and I'm really pushing to get this published before Saturday. So yeah, it's gonna be great from two to from two to three to beginning. We're gonna have the um, kind of the little dribblers. It's gonna be your your preschool through fourth grade. Just just beginning again. If you're like third or fourth grade, and you're a little bit advanced. You can come to that second group, and we 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 think of advanced as you've played a few years or you've played, you know, and you're, you know, you, you can display that you can hang a little bit That's advanced, but beginners means beginning. It means you're just learning how to play basketball. You haven't really played any games yet. Um, we want you at that first part. Also a couple surprises are going to happen. We got some, uh, some of our top athletes that are going to come in and help with that first group and do some dribbling and show some techniques in that second group. Really going to challenge you guys. Uh, a lot of big things are coming up. Tryouts for high school is coming up for, I know, Miller and Westside. Tryouts are coming up. OPS, too, as well. Uh, as far as you know, with everything going on, that's going to be starting from what I saw was mid-month. So we're looking about you have a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks is a good way to get yourself jumping right in it, too, and getting started. Um, and then I, um, I know right now, congratulations to um, a lot of our middle schoolers that are in our program who made their team over in the Bellevue area as well. And we'll shout out some names, All right. um, shout out some names later, but perfect opportunity to get, get, get kicked off before the season starts. Um, and you'll actually get a chance to apply these skills with a scrimmage at the end. So we definitely want to see you there. All right. So that's what we got coming up this Saturday. We still are taking on people for a basketball Academy program. It's available whether you're playing for one of our teams or not. Year round. It is year round year round <laughs> and um we're planning some contingency plans in case we have to step back step everything back um we're trying to set it up uh and we're, we're going to be working hard at figuring out some online coursework uh so that we can transition into that um if we have to shut things down but understand we're expecting the work to not stop is what we're saying and so we're trying to give you the ability to work with us or work remotely Okay, so that's what we got uh, coming up here. Um, anything else, housekeeping? No, I think that's you know pretty much it. I've appreciated uh, all the, you kids have worked really hard to try out prep training. Um, we're coming with on. We got about we got about a week left with with that, but that the grind doesn't stop there. If you're still a kid that needs to uh, uh, get in and wants to do some do some stuff, just contact us. We'll make sure you get into maybe a couple of academy nights. Also, make sure you know we can get you into maybe some one-on-one work as well. But don't don't just stop and not try to call us because we can we can help you out still. But we appreciate all the hard work you guys have done. Uh, um, quick update on Jeremiah. Um, do you have any updates, Coach Mo? Um, looks like Jeremiah is taking some steps. So Jeremiah is now um, he's opened his eyes. Good. Um, seems to be a little bit more responsive. Uh, it's going to be a long journey. Um, and so the, the prayers are needed, uh, people, and we are still, we still have our, 
uh, sign up for donations. Uh, the family are, are is they're very, very, very appreciative to everyone, and I, and I mean that. They they tell me every day that they're very appreciative for the donations. Um, but we know it's gonna be a, a long when I when I talk to the family, long road ahead. So uh, the link will be in the show notes. Please donate if you can. If you can't, please share. Uh, his story and share what's going on and we're going to try to get him as much as we can. Yep. And the thing is, we are probably, you know, I'm weighing it out because we're still trying to figure out the best way to deploy this. We've never really done a fundraiser on this scale before. <laughs> and so we're trying to, fi- I, I am trying to figure out the best way to roll it if we need to do, if I need to make an official round two or if we can just leave the link up and continue to drive donations to that one uh, because we met our goal but you know, the reality is we know how medical bills are. We know how uh, recovery is. And so it's not a, a, always a clear path. And so we want to make sure that, you know, the family's taken care of um, so that they can really focus on uh, helping Jeremiah get better. And so trying to figure out the best way to roll it um, if we need if we need to open up a round two or if we're cool with just uh, continuing to drive uh, people to the original page and continue to go over our goal because we met our goal. But um, to be honest with you, there's always more that we can, there's always more uh, that there's going to be needed. And so it's not about us being greedy or anything, but we really want to give the family all the help possible. It, what we hit was beyond our wildest dreams. Right. But, this, is, this is a great kid. This is a great kid. And I'm not saying just cause you don't know, like this to say it, but it's a kid that deserves it. And we want to see him back as normal as possible. Um, smiling, uh, and he's a kid that <laughs> I've I used to see every day go by my house and <laughs> and just say, "Good night, how you doing, Coach? Do you need anything?" You know, uh, and if you ask anybody about stories about him, kid, one of the first kids to sit there and jump out and help you do anything you uh, you want. So we definitely want him to um, get back to get back to as normal as possible. So that's what we got. Um... We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and we're going to get into the into the main part of our show. So parents are the first coach. You know, you have the concept of parents being the first teachers a lot. Um, you know, a lot of us were taught to read by our parents. You know, a lot of the real formative things that you learn growing up, um, you know, the potty train and tying your shoes, all that stuff, um, it's a combination of, Parents and teachers, um, parents being your primary first teachers to help out with that kind of stuff. Um, your first words you learn, I mean, hey, child development, your language and speech patterns a lot of times come from listening to your parents and kind of mimicking what they do. And so parents are the first teachers. We want to expand that to be parents are the first coaches too. Um, and so what we're going to do is uh, Coach Mo is going to talk about before you even put the ball in their hands or before you even cut that check for the first basketball lessons, what are some things that a parent can do or some things that parents need to do before they even really, um, before the kids even hit the floor, before they hit the court, um, what are some things that parents need to be looking out for? Well, it's another thing. It's, it's beginning. As we said, we said, it's beginning. You're just starting. Um, we as parents, first first of all, you got to rope yourself back in. Remember, you're the adult. We're the ones that are in our 30s and 40s and 50s that's probably already done this. We probably already played, you know, there. Now, we're talking about this is your kid that's beginning. That's probably five years old, six years old, just trying to discover if they even like the sport. And so, before we get into these things of the kid dunking a basketball, winning a state championship, and those kind of things there, you got to see if the kid can even dribble from point A to point B, pass. And so the setup is putting a ball in their hand. Number one is just put a ball in their hand, see if they like it. You're the parent. Taking them to the park, seeing if what they would do with it. And so one thing I, I did with some of my beginning uh, players and those kind of things there is let them be kids. Um, I let them be kids. They dribble around a little bit. They'd roll the ball with their finger. They'd sit on the ball. They'd roll on it there. But they're discovering the basketball itself. And so the bird party just kind of discover what it is. You know, you don't have, you're not going to amazingly have this kid. And it could happen, but I'm going to guarantee you probably not. Um, come out and they're going to be this kid that's going to hit, shoot at a 10 foot rim, have these handles and run an offense. They're five. 
You know, they're five, they're six. So one thing is let them discover it. Other thing is let them make a few mistakes. Um, one thing I notice when I see some parents a little bit, you know, uh, when the community centers are open pretty big around the countries, uh, parents, you know, it's a great thing is being involved in life, but I would see some dads and, and you know, and a couple of moms that were just super intense with the kid double dribbling. Um, and I'm going to tell you, mom and dad, kids double dribble in high school, on high school teams. Uh, and so the coaches get up and that. When you're five or six, you're going to double dribble. <laughs> you're going to – and what I mean by double dribble, that means you're going to dribble with two hands sometimes. They're going to run with the ball. They're going to giggle. They're going to fall on the floor. Um, they're beginning. You're discovering. You're at this, I say the first – I say the first month or so, they're discovering everything. They're discovering how – what the basketball looks like. They're discovering how high it bounces. That stuff is intriguing. You got to remember, they've never done this before. They've never done this before. This right. is a – think of the concept. It's a round ball that's rubber. It bounces, and somehow it, it has to get to the rim. So all that stuff is going to have to be taught in baby steps in a sense because right now they're just happy that the ball bounces back to their hands. Okay? Right. Um, so there's, there's a beginning piece. Let them make mistakes. Let them discover what it is. Um, and then then you can start saying, once I got that, now let me start applying a few fun drills, something fun for them to get to do it. If you don't make it fun right off for the kids, they're not going to want to do it. And the last thing you want to do is have a five-year-old in the first week of just letting them have fun and discover it start overly coaching. And what I mean by overly coaching is where you're saying, hey, kid, you need to start running plays. You need to start doing a swing pass, backdoor cut. Because I'm telling you what, at five or six, I, I don't know what any of that means. There's kids that are 12 and 13 that don't know what a backdoor cut is. <laughs> you know, so just let them discover at this point. All right, so here's a quick story. So when I was learning to drive, um, my mom was the one who taught me how to drive, or she tried to initially. Uh, I'm driving her car. I've never been on as on. I've never been as on edge. <laughs> or in some cases, just abjectly terrified as when I'm driving, um, trying to learn the rules of the road with my mom. And so finally, my mom tapped out and I had an older cousin um, who volunteered and he is a lot cooler about it because one, it wasn't his car. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. And two, he just, it was a diff, he had a different demeanor in terms of delivering the teaching. Um, it's very hard to master a skill when somebody, you know, and my mom was trying her best, but she didn't want her car to hit a, hit a curve. <laughs> and I wasn't about to hit the curve, but she was, watch out, watch out for the curve. <laughs> You're too close to in the lane. You know, um, one of the hardest things when you're teaching a teenager how to drive is how to let go of the steering wheel when, after you made that turn. Mm -hmm. That is not a natural thing. It doesn't feel natural. And <laughs> That big wide turn. Yeah, and to <laughs> let the steering wheel kind of go back to its normal path. That's not a normal thing. You oversteer your turns. A lot of times, that's one of the hardest things for a teenager to learn. My nephew had a hard time learning that one. Um, but it's even harder when somebody's like, let go of the wheel, let go of the wheel, let go of the wheel. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so what we're saying is this. Um, you know, when the kid is still learning, and I think that's where Coach Bone was going, when your child is still learning, you know, the basics of the skill and learning how to, to do apply the skill, um, sometimes you got to step back out of that role for one of them to execute it perfectly and teach them how to execute it good enough. <laughs> Cause, like you said, there are high school kids that are still doing, that are still double dribbling, and so, um, you know, that's one of the things. I just want to throw that story in there. Mm -hmm. Back to you, Coach Mo. No, that's exactly that's exactly how it looks like. I mean, if you're 16 and 15, learning how to drive like that, and you've got a little a little bit more maturity than when you're five or six, and you're still frustrated, it's approach. A lot of it's approach. It's new. Everything we do. Everything you learn in life is going to be you, – you got to experience it for the first time. And so with this, it's the first time they're ever doing it. The concept of how it all works is just it's – a, it's, a, it's a puzzle, and you have to put it together. And basketball is a gigantic puzzle that begins at this point as you being the parent from the beginning 
It's just giving them the pieces, and we're going to just try to put it all together. We're going to put it all together. And sometimes you might not ever solve it. Right. You might never solve it. Um, there are NBA players that are still halfway done with their puzzle that are great. They're better than me and you. So we'll, we'll sit here and tell you, like, yes, the, the, the guy, the last guy on the bench in the NBA is better than any of you guys listening right now that's not in the NBA. Right. <laughs> so, and they're still figuring it out. LeBron James just won his fourth championship. Every accolade he's getting, he's still figuring out. He still wants more. He still wants more. When Michael Jordan was done, he probably didn't want to be done, but his body body said no. <laughs> he might have said no, but he still wasn't done what he wants to do. And that's why a lot of them go on to be owners and, and trainers and those kind of things there. Your whole, basketball is a lifetime thing. So if you're going to start out, start it out right by letting the kid have fun. Um, and remember, and, this, and, here, and I'll say this, and some people may disagree, but well, you're still there. You're their hero. And you'll always be your kid there. So think about being your kid's hero at five. <laughs> you know he loves you and she loves you. And they sit up under you. And all of a sudden, because they can't figure out how to triple one in, you start yelling. And you start your body language goes bad. So your body language can actually affect how the beginning of this happens. And so if you're upset and your shoulders are down, you're, uh, you're pouting, you start, your voice starts to get, uh, you get loud and you start getting intense to a five-year-old that's scary. The six-year-old that's scary and they're going to be like, they're going to make, they don't know if they can make a mistake or not. And that's going to be bad because that kid could stop wanting to do this. Um, so the approach, have fun. Teach, you know, let them know that you're here for them to learn. Laugh, tell them that it's great. Hey, you know what? You did a you did a great job dribbling twice without double dribbling. Give them little things. The next step to it is give them obtainable goals. They're six years old. Right. If you can teach them to dribble with their right hand three times and their left hand three times stationary. And, and if they and if they can do that, I mean that is that is an accomplishment. That's a high five. That is good work. That is, you know what? Let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> you know, let's, let's go get some ice cream because you because you did it. And eventually, that kid, you know, that kid is going to really, really think, you know what? I'm doing something, and I'm going to try four times. I'm okay with trying six times next. Time. I'm okay with trying ten times, and I got it. So give yourself some short term short term goals for the kid, and so you know it's fun. Let it be. Let it let it be your thing. Let it be your thing. You're not asking for this kid as a beginner to train seven days a week at four hours a day, take 3,000 shots, you know, train out in the, the sands of the, the sands of the Sahara. You know, like, no, they're five or six. And so make it your thing and make it natural. If you take the dog to the park on a Saturday and that's what you usually do, still do it. Put the basketball in the car with you, and then when you're done walking the dog, you guys go up and do your thing. Hey, remember last time we came here last week, we did three sets of dribbles. Let's do five sets of dribbles, and let's try to shoot the ball at the rim this time and see what you, you like. And every week, add something to it. Add some fun to it. And then one thing I, I did um, with my brother and my son is I challenged them. Start having – have it where they play you a little bit, or they 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 want to run and beat you to the line and touch it before you do. They want to if you dribble at five, they got to dribble at six, and it's little games like that is going to make them want it. You're just beginning. Have fun, relax a little bit. It's okay. Okay. Yep. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick pause with calls, and we will be right back. Okay, we're back. So, um. Now we're gonna now we're gonna get into the real good stuff here, um, Coach Mo. If you were teaching a kid, now this is for you know this is from getting to the coach's mind, but it's also for the parent. If you're teaching, if you were gonna teach a kid from the very beginning, from scratch, about the game of basketball and how to 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 play, how would you start building that player? Hmm, that's that's good. Um, as we said, you know, as we said before, we you know we. You know, we introduce them. We let them. You know, we let them get get around the basketball. And so now, we have to start talking about. We have to start talking about how do you want it to look? How do you want it to look? And so my my thing is, 
first and for, first and foremost, make sure when you're doing the when you're trying to train your kid, make sure when the uh, the kid's trying to learn that there's a lack of you know there's a lack of distraction. And what I mean by that is, don't you know? I probably wouldn't take the kid to a crowded park. The first time they do it, I probably wouldn't take it and put a camera on them or in a or a big tripod and watching the way I do it. That makes kids very very nervous. My my son is is six and he'll tell you like, why are you recording this? <laughs> you know, and like I'm like son, you're just having fun going down the slide. And even that, which is a fun thing, is like, I don't want you recording me going down the slide because it's kind of embarrassing. You know, um, all kids are different. All kids are different. So. As you're setting up, make sure it's it's a, something you're you're gonna want to do. It's basically a one-on-one, or if it, you know, two parents, two grandparents, aunt, uncle, cousin, brother, maybe a two-on-one where it's a thing where it's just a specific time that you're gonna do something. Also, I I would limit I would limit the amount of time because of the attention span, and I think a lot of people miss this. Uh, and we talk about this during our our, our basketball academies and those things there. Our basketball academy is two hours on Wednesday. Um, what I tell parents and what Brian does when he talks to parents uh, there is that attention span, the younger they are, starts getting sh- – it's a, it's a little shorter. So to have a kid be completely locked in for two hours on how to split a, you know, a trap, uh, <laughs> you know – it's not going to happen for a five or six year old. You can explain it a million times and they're going to be like, what is a trap? What are you talking about? I want to go out and play video games, eat some cake and see my favorite Pokemon. But when the first 20 minutes that kid is focused on, I remember going back to dribble the ball. I remember going back to discover what a basketball uh, is. And so you have to kind of take those things, take those things there. So as I would set it up is, We've already discovered a little bit what it is. Find a thing, find it where you you have less distractions, uh, and then set yourself set a time limit on how you're gonna gonna do this. And also set you know take a deep breath yourself. And if it's something that's gonna frustrate you, you also gotta figure out maybe you're not the one that should be training the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it. I, I I saw a kid the other day. This is a true story at a park. Man, kid had to be six seven. Um, years old, and I think dad had a pretty good approach on how to throw the baseball to him. And man, I saw mom come out the car, and my wife was there too, was screaming at the top of her lung because he wasn't holding the bat right. And you saw the kid tear up. <laughs> and I, I think the kid was just happy to be there. We had our dog out, and the kid was waving at the dog and things like that too. And that kid was just trying to have fun. Um, though. And, and as it was set up, it was a busy park, um, a lot of distractions. Uh, I don't think it was a, there was a time limit on the kid. And, and I, they probably were out there a little bit before we were. And we were out there for a little bit, just having fun, playing, doing different things. And I'm pretty sure the kid was tired. Um, now, will that kid bounce back? Will that kid, you know, be fine? Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe. But is there a chance that kid can say, I don't know, if, I don't I want to do this again. And that can very happen. So just make sure that you you are setting up yourself to be the person that really wants to wants to do this because that can be detrimental. Like I cannot train my daughter to fully do stuff basketball, volleyball related. I can teach her how to do footwork. I can do that, but she will not in a million years listen to me about what to do as a girl basketball player that's in fifth grade because she'll tell me. That's not right, and that's not right. And I understand that, and it took hard for me because I'm thinking when you coach, you know, like you can do this for everybody. But I had to understand as a parent because I'm a parent first. Oh, she's not like my oldest, and my oldest is not like my youngest. Maybe my approach to her has to be a little bit different. Maybe I have to be a little bit more patient, or maybe it just doesn't work. So immediately I understood I need to ask for help. Right, and. I do want to circle back. One of the things we talked about is meeting the kids, meeting the kids where they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very important. You know, it's going to be one of those things where it's very hard to teach multiplication if the kid doesn't understand addition. (laughs) You got to meet them where they're at. And we've seen it plenty of times where, you know, 
you know, parents want to get out there and coach and they do get out there and coach. And dad has all these elaborate, they, they, they spend a lot of time on 2k and they have, (laughs) they have a lot of uh, elaborate offenses from 2k and they understand them intrinsically how they work. You're sitting there and you're going to take that to a group of, you know, 12 and 13 year olds who are just learning how to use their other hand. (laughs) Or they're just remembering to keep moving their feet on defense. And you're going to take these elaborate plays and drop them on these kids' head. Where there are NBA players who can't run some of these, who don't who 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 can't make who have a tough time cracking the, the roster <laughs> because they can't remember the plays, but you're gonna take these elaborate plays and drop them on these children's head. That is not how it works. You gotta meet the kids where they are. Um, Did you watch Game Five with the Lakers and the Heat and that last exchange with Marquise Morris yeah. and the arena? Like, that's an NBA player who passed the ball to nobody, yeah, whatsoever, <laughs> and he's an NBA player. You you can't expect your five year old to know how to split the seam on a pass and make a play at five years old when NBA players struggle to do the same thing. And we're gonna say we're not gonna say this is for all kids because there are kids that understand how these offenses work. They can sit down and watch the games and tell you who screwed up where and what this person should have been doing. That's a high, that person, that kid has a higher level. They're watching the game from a higher level. Does that mean that they can play on a higher level? Maybe they understand the game more intrinsically than they can play it. And we've seen that where kids can know all the X's and O's, but they still don't really have the physical ability to execute on the court. Mm -hmm. We're saying as the parent, honestly, Meet your kid where they're at. If they're just beginning, keep your expectations to somebody who's just beginning. And I think that kind of goes into uh, the example Mo gave with the kid holding the bat wrong. Sometimes it's good enough just to that you're ho- they're holding the bat on the right end. Okay, <laughs> and, he, and he's not hitting you in the shin with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> they're not hitting you in the shin with it. So take your small victories is what we're saying. No, I I definitely agree with that. That's that's exactly where it's at. Every kid develops different. Um, I just happened to get lucky with Ami, who was at preschool and was dribbling right off, and and was able to understand an offense and would love. He was born around the time of playoffs. We always joke that I think he's in mommy's tummy listening to playoff games and um and just got it. And it was a couple of kids that I've coached over the years, or you're like. Wow, like yeah, guy, and he actually translated, and that translation was he he continued to work on his craft on his own, and I I let him, and like I said, like I'm telling you things that I did and mistakes that I did too as well. I let him be a kid, and I let him figure it out. I let him watch and what he wanted to do, and I also let him like you know what you want to try another sport too. So I let him try three or four different sports too, and he just kind of gravitated. Back to that one because he loved to actually do it. He loved the sound of the basketball. You should tell me. He's like, mm-hmm. I like the way the basketball sounds. Sounds silly to some people, but that's huge. He's like, I love the way, you know, my sneakers sound on a court. And I remember being seven years old telling me that, you know. I like my socks being a certain color. <laughs> but you, you know, that's a kid that was destined to want to play basketball. You know, you want to do basketball, and he continues on. Not saying – you know, he'll choose, he won't, he'll choose soccer later. Maybe he does, but we're at the point now. It's like, this is something he really wanted to do. Uh, so like Brian said, I met him at where he wanted to be at. I met my daughter at where she wanted to be at. And it's not, it's not super competitive. It's just, I want to be with my friends. Okay. That's fine. That's okay. But we had that conversation. We know where our, our, our kids are at. And again, it doesn't say she's not going to be a select volleyball player, select soccer player, select basketball player. But right now, where she's at, that's where we're meeting her at. Okay. So, that's great. What? Do, okay, I'll ask you this question. If you're going to teach a skill, if you're going to teach a kid who's never played basketball before a skill, what's the first thing you're teaching them? They've never learned they, – they, they, they've never um, played basketball before. Um, the first skill I'm going to teach them – and I always and I say that I'm going to teach the kid – how to basically just dribble the ball. Okay. How to dribble the ball. Just basic dribble the ball because you have to. If you're a point guard to a to a center to whatever, you're going to have to dribble from point A to point B. So you got that's what you got to be the first thing. Okay, so 
I have my son out here. He's never dribbled a basketball. What's the first thing you're gonna do? First thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna show I'm gonna I I will I will one step you guys. Trainers, ha ha ha. <laughs> trainers, parents slash trainers there. Make sure the ball fits their hand. Uh if they're six and seven years old, um you're you're looking about there's, there's like a twenty seven point five. The twenty seven point five. You can do a twenty eight point five if you want to, but don't give them a twenty nine point five. That's an adult basketball. Okay. That's an adult basketball because you can dribble. Yes, they can. That's a heavy basketball, and it doesn't give their little hand the true sense of dribbling the basketball. Okay. Um, when we grew up, of course, eighties, nineties, there was no different sizes. You just kind of learned that way, and that's I don't know if it was good or bad. I don't know, but now you have the opportunity to just get get the right size basketball. So first of all, start with the right size basketball. Tell them you have a right hand and a left hand and how to pound how to pound the ball using your fingertips. So you could basically say, here's the basketball. That's your right size. Show me your right hand. Wave it. There's your right hand. Show me your left hand. Wave it. So in that right hand that you wave, wave it to me again. I'm going to give you this ball, and you put your hand on top of the ball, and you're going to try to pound it, slap it, whatever you can do at this age. Three times without losing all over the court. That's the first thing you can do. All right. So on Saturday, you can come down and learn to dribble with us at Dynamic Handles Training. And that's where we're going to be starting for our early session. That's going to be the 2 o'clock session. Yep. Um, learn to dribble. And you can, you're can you going to expect to see that kind of work. For a kid that's never dribbled before, we're going to teach them how to get started with dribbling. Now, it's going to be on you as a parent to take them home and continue the skills, continue the training. Um, we're actually building some stuff that can help you out with that. Uh, we're not really to pull the curtains off of it yet, but it's coming. Um, but this Saturday is a great chance to come down and bring your little ones to learn how to dribble if they've never dribbled before. Um, but that is an example of where we would start. We're not expecting this kid uh, this kid who's brand who's never dribbled a ball before, we're not going into crossovers, we're not going into anything else, any higher level thing, how to stay where you are and dribble the ball. Next, I'm a guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, next is how to dribble the ball while moving. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's going to start out walking, and then you're going to slowly ramp it up. So do you see where we're going with this? If you try to go in and teach this kid at the level that you want them to be at, um, there's a good chance you can lose them and they'll never learn those basic skills. All right. So Coach Mo gave you some insight on where to start. We're going to take a pause for the cause and we'll be right back. Welcome back. So you got the basics down. I think the big part is now, now that you have the basics, it's time to evaluate what you know and where you want to go. And so Coach Mo is going to kind of walk you through what that process looks like as a parent coach. Okay, so now we got, you know, we got our month in. We all discovered it's all happy fun. We figured there's a rubber basketball. We got the right side of the basketball. We, we go to the park once, twice a week. Um, it's fine. This is your family time. You're doing you're good here. Now, let's talk about the value, the, the, the giving yourself a, a checkup in a sense. A checkup, checking in on the kid. Checking in on yourself. Make sure you're not burnt out. So first and foremost, you can't coach or train your kid if you look frustrated. You're burnt out. You're tired. Your face looks like you don't want to be here. They, they're they going to pick up on all that. And so the kid picks up on that. Now they're frustrated. And now you've lost both of you guys. <laughs> like It just turns into a real rough thing. But evaluate yourself. So you look, you're like, I'm actually okay with this. One day a week is fine. It's, you know, our time to get, you know, to get my daughter or my son this this hour of trying. Good. If you're still, you're good there, now evaluate the kid. And I'm talking about evaluating and having that conversation, not just assuming anything. Don't assume that that kid is just going to be smiling and he's like, give you a thumbs up. Don't assume that. The kid wants to play any kind of competitive basketball. Maybe not and whatsoever. And so talk to the kid. Hey, what do you like about what we're doing so far? I like just being with you. Oh, what about dribbling something like that? No, I just like my time with you, which is the most awesome thing a kid can tell you. But if you hear, you heard that, 
They said nothing about, I want to continue basketball. I want to be a professional player. I want to say anything about that. They're loving the game. So then you're going to have to ask the next question. Do you want to continue to learn basketball? I'm fine with just going to the slides. Not saying that's a bad thing. Maybe at this time, they really want to go to the slide because you had a really cool park. You know, this is after all the pandemic stuff's over, okay? So don't go to the slides. <laughs> you, know, there, you know, there, don't go to the slides. They're closed. But but if they say, I do want to go to the slides, I still do like our dribbling thing. Boom, you got something. You get, you're somewhere now. And understand, this is going to be a recurring theme that you're going to hear uh, throughout all of our training and all our advice to parents is the constant checking in mm-hmm. with parents and making sure, or checking with the kids and making sure that they're still engaged. Because... You know, the checking in process doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, you know, it, even in high school, that checking in process may not stop. You still may need to be checking in with your player to make sure that they're still locked in and focused and their goals haven't changed. Um, but you got to get get this is the practice for you as the parent to get in the process of soliciting feedback from your kid and your player and seeing where they are. If they want to push it to the next level, because here's the thing, the higher level it goes, the more intense that work is going to get and the less fun it's going to be. So you got to see if they're willing to sacrifice the fun stuff to do the unfun work that it takes to get better. Because even though it's unfun, the kid could say, I don't particularly like this piece of it, but I am overall enjoying mm-hmm. the work I'm getting to get better. And so that's where we constantly want you to check in with the kid. We've had kids on our team that were phenomenal players that midseason they checked out. Yep. And the parents, it came much to the parents' frustration, came to the coach's frustration, but the parents, that's where a parent has to step in and check in and kind of see where this kid is and say, okay, so at the end of the season, are you going to need a break? Are yep. you going to need some time? Are you good? Do you want to go play something else? There's a time and place for select fast pace, big league basketball time and place. Cause they got to that you got to know, and you should know by having, like Brian said, having these constant conversations that if your kid was barely having fun, playing rec ball last year, just barely having fun, just barely learning it to jump that kid into something you want because, hey, you know what? I got asked, I got asked to put my kid into this select team. Select, select, select. You know, Brian, you know my feeling about that word select. Yeah. You know what I mean? Select. Well, and all of a sudden. Okay, so hold on a second. Yeah. Let's, let's take a – we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kind of shift courses here, but it still follows along the line of the parent directing the, their child's career. Let's talk about select in the con, in the top context of playing basketball in Omaha, Nebraska. Hmm. What does select mean? So select means you're, you're, you're basically on a team that's considered like better than, better than a rec team in a sense. Like, and what I mean by rec is the kids literally are okay with practicing one day a week, if not at all. And just showing up the games and playing, which is fine. There, I wish more kids. I would play. I wish more kids to be honest and tell their parents that's, that's what they want to do. That's fine. That is completely fine. I, that'd be fine. But select is the kids are like, you know what? I think I'm actually. I want to practice two, three times a week. I want to play more games than the six games that the rec league gives me. I want to play about thirty plus. I want to play 90. I want to play 100. You know, I want to play a little bit more. And I think I want to play in middle school, in high school, in college. We have bigger dreams in that particular sport. So select is the kind of your beginning way to get yourself to a competitive, being a competitive basketball player on a middle school, high school level. And it starts, I guess it starts now in like second grade and first grade, which kind of blows my mind. But. So I guess I want to know, yeah, we're gonna okay, so we're about to do this. I'm gonna keep it real thing. Um, how do plan, how do parents get fleeced by this select by the concept of select basketball? And we're not saying that it's a scam outright or anything, but we're talking about how people waste money, um, kind of in the pursuit of brass rings on this select kind of basketball thing. Tell me how that works. Tell me how it works in Omaha because we're talking about specifically locally here. 
Well, it's easy. Um, if you have the, it, it's and it's a great, great thing. It's not a, you know, not a, you know, it's not a bad thing. But if you have only a couple places that have the facilities to, you know, play basketball and have you know, and there's not a lot of places that have the, you know, the you know, a big facility to play multiple teams or things there. It's easy to approach hundreds of people and groups of people to say, send your team over. We'll give you some matching shorts and a jersey and your kid's part of the program and they're going to play more than three games, you know? So it's an easy, it's an easy thing if you have the place to play at, right? Mm -hmm. Availability. People want to see. People are visual. I'm visual. There's a building over there. With that building, I can play more than three uh, games with my kid. The kid gets shorts. You can tell them they're on the green team. I don't know what that means, but my kid's on a team. He's part of something. Or something, and that's a lot of times. That's how they get kind of finesse. Now, the finessing part of it is, a que- you don't ask questions up front, and it hurts that kid. And, I, and we actually got a couple of kids that came to our academy the other night who were in these big things, and they they said it, it was fine at first, and then they got in. The games were very overwhelming because they didn't ask the questions up first. They didn't say, "Hey, so what's the competition like?" Oh, they're actually stealing the ball from my kid. Okay. They're actually blocking their shot. I, we, we didn't do that in this league. We're at, and there's playing time. And it's not really equal. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. And so that's where you could easily fall into something you don't want to get into. And so we're looking at select as, and I think Mo kind of mentioned, it's kind of a stepping stone mm-hmm. to what we would consider competitive like it's kind of the waypoint am i am i right there where it's kind of a midway point in some cases where you go select and then then you kind of move up into a more competitive yeah the games level. count you want to see the score okay you you the, the kids know they're either getting a butt whoop or they whooping somebody's butt or the game is closed they want to they select you want to see the score you you know what your record is and select so if you're a top if so if your goal is to be a top player then I would say, you know, and Mo, correct me if I'm wrong, your endpoint shouldn't be select. Like, that's not the goal goal if you're trying to be one of the top players in the state, right? Right. You That's you, not – select isn't an endpoint. No, it's a step. It's a stepping part, and then it goes into, you know, you might be on the select. Let's say you're on the Dragons. That's an end team, and you're on the select bronze. Okay, that's a step. You got you're a little bit higher than you were at the rec league you played last year. Now you're gonna go for the silver, and now you're gonna go for the gold team. And as you as you look, you can look at it like um, I I coach U 17s and things like that too. That's your kids are gonna be seniors. Um, when you're looking for recruitment and things like that, that's the top of the top. Once you get to the gold level or the platinum level, whatever your state calls it, and that's when recruiters and things like that happen because you want that you want that that exposure, you know, you want that exposure when you're a little bit younger. It's just, Oh, it's steps to make the team be somewhere in the, in the mix as the years go past, be one of the middle players, be one of the best players. And then if you really love it, I want everyone to know that I'm the, I'm the best. And I want to go help a college team, high school team out somewhere. So there's a lot of steps to it. So it's a process is what we're saying. Yep. It's not trust a, the process. It's not a destination. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a way along the path. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen parents that have gotten kind of yanked in a direction where um, it's, you know, the, the being on this, you know, bronze select team is kind of touted as this end point as opposed to a step in the process. And then they get on there and they sacrifice um, more focused skill development to be on a bronze team, and the kid probably is not getting a lot of clock because they came in midseason, or they're they're kind of a redundant piece because they already have somebody in their position, or their kid's just the new kid and the coaches don't know them yet. The marketing is great for these programs. We as we're keeping it real, these are great for these programs because there's keywords and things like that too, where they're saying. You are on the red hot red team. You're on the you're on the regional the regional citywide whatever. You're on the and it and it sounds 
amazing telling grandma this. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. I, I have literally watched on social media some kids that I either coach, train, can or camps. I'm, I, I, all powered all kids. I would, I'll would never be a coach that will sit here and hold a grudge on a kid or anything like that. But I'll see the kid, and I'll, we'll end up playing, you know, run into the kid, or we'll end up playing him. And as they're down by 40, because we're usually smacking them, that's what we do. We want to smoke. We smack them down by 40. I'm looking, and I'm looking at their regional jersey. And I'm pretty sure that that pair was talked into that because it sounded really special. And grandma's at this game, and aunt's at this game. It sounds so special. And now this kid is put somewhere in an awkward position mm-hmm. because this is a kid that when we checked in two weeks ago, was just cool where they're at being at a rec level playing one day a week. And now you've thrown them in there because you ignore their their cues to say, uh-uh, I'm not ready. And now they're in there. And so like any other parent, you paid for it, right? Right. You want them to finish the season out. That's that's what you said there. But finishing that season out can also be detrimental for that that kid because you didn't listen. Right. You didn't listen. And we also, I mean, it's, 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 it's balancing out that listening ear and listening to what the kid has to say and also keeping a little bit of perspective on it mm-hmm. because one loss, one win doesn't define this kid's no, career. No. Even a season sometimes can't even define a kid's career because you could just be where your kid is the lone star on a team that's not where the kids aren't on the same level and they end up, have, they end up, you know, they could be playing above, they could be playing a level up. And they're running in a harder competition and more seasoned kids, or they can be playing a, a level down and just be a buzzsaw. That one or two seasons doesn't define it. And I think for a lot of people, um, when you start reaching those brass rings of, we move from select bronze to select green. Okay, so you've moved. Is the kid better? And that, uh, it, right. it, it, this is where our bottom line is of our bottom line. Is the kid better? That's what that's our that's our measuring point. Are they a better player today than they were yesterday? Oh, they won a trophy. That's great. Are they a better player today than they were yesterday? Don't give me any stack teams talking about your players better. Yeah. That's like I I I, I want to see that my player in his three minutes that they they, they are giving him a game, <laughs> you know, it, at least it's showing me something different from the year before. Yeah. At least they're getting me five rebounds. Right. They're diving on the floor, hustling. They're showing good leadership. If I don't see anything or I see them going backwards, and I don't really care that we went 14-0, but my kid played three minutes and got zero stats every time they're in and they look like they don't want to be there, we messed up somewhere along the way. Right. If the kid <laughs> regresses when they move up to a level that's a little bit more challenging, then you need to kind of reevaluate. You, this, you do need to check in. Is what yep. we're saying. Check in with your kids. That's what we're saying. Check in with your kids. That's yep. what we're saying. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. We will be right back. Thank you for riding along on our uh, our little tangential journey that we <laughs> took on that one. But we were both feeling that conversation. We needed to have that one. Um, let's put it together. We're putting this together here. Okay. So I'm going to play the role of a parent here. And Coach Mo's going to kind of guide me through this. Hey, Coach Mo, so I listened to what you're saying. And we went through the dribbling. And then after we went to the dribbling, I listened to what you had to say and taught them how to pass. And after that, we went to teaching them how to shoot. So now they can hit the shot. How come they can't seem to dribble and pass anymore? <laughs> what happened? Well, parent, <laughs> I have to question how long you spent doing those first few things. And did you did you tell them that it's something that you're always going to use important? I still, in academy, with my advanced kids, with college offers, college acceptances for to play basketball, still have to tell them, hey, are you still dribbling below your waist? Are you still doing like that? You know, are you still doing the stuff that you learned mm-hmm. from the beginning? No, I kind of went away from that because I'm taller than everybody else now. And then I ended up going to a camp and everybody was tall and I couldn't get around anybody. Okay. So what I mean by that, you have to always go back to the basics, no matter what. 
And the basics, what I mean is dribbling is basic, passing is basic, shooting is basic, and you get advanced within there. You get it there. But I tell the kids, everyone has to dribble. And I will challenge any coach. I'm not saying be Kevin Durant. That's a that's a generational talent. Be a seven footer that can dribble like that. That's generational. But if you're seven foot, I don't really care. You still got to dribble from point A to point B. So you should learn how to dribble. And if you don't remember, that maybe had to be something that you go back to every practice or training you get by your chance to to go back to. Maybe I need to go back to dribble a little bit there. And I say everyone needs to go back. So just because they that you think they put it together doesn't mean you don't have to go back. It's it it's one of those it's one of those things. If you don't, all right. So let's let's take about this other. If you fix cars for a living, okay. Um, and you decide, I'm not gonna fix cars anymore. I'm done. I am going to go be a plumber, which is fine. Great jobs, great job, great trade. Take off three years from being fixing cars. Okay. okay? Within those three years, things change. There's new protocol in cars. There's, there's, there's things that come out, computer updates, um, the, the new brake systems, the new engines. Things just change. You know, there's change in there. And so now you go back, and now you're going to be a mechanic again. You have to learn back. You will remember basic stuff, how to change oil. You remember the basic stuff, but now you're like, dang, how did I, how did I change a tire? Oh, it should be easy. You remember how to do it. Like, wait, wait, well, let me, hold up. Let me go back. Right. Because for me to be an effective, I, I got to go back. I took too much time off. I was focusing on something else. Let me go back to changing the tire. So, so, you, so you you always have to go back and check. So, you know, and that's where we're saying putting it together, where you're using these skills um, in harmony. In harmonism. <laughs> harmonism. <laughs> um, uh, you're using these skills uh, together constantly. And always building on them, because um, I think that's one of the step, one of the skills that we see uh, a lot of parents who are transitioning into the coaching role, where they fall short with is, um, you constantly have to have an expectation that they're still doing, they're still practicing the basics, and you got to lay the framework so that they're constantly practicing um, those basics, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day. The basics are the things that are going, the mastery of using those basics in a game environment is going to be the thing that might be the difference between a coach looking, giving them a second look and a coach writing them off. And so you do want to focus on that. Yes, the coaches love those advanced skills and stuff like that. You know, Coach Mo can tell you they love that advanced stuff. But if we're if you're seeing a kid that has all the, the the spices and flavorings of advanced written all over them, but then they're struggling with basics, um, that's kind of I would think that's a red flag to a coach where oh this kid's great when it comes to these advanced skills, but they their basics are horrible, their fundamentals are bad. Yeah, I mean, how many games have you seen lost because somebody blew a layup? Right, and layups are taught usually when in the beginning. And I've seen, I've seen the NBA. I mean, do you remember when uh, Oklahoma City had Harden and those guys, and they lost to the Heat in that final? I, I saw Harden wide open, miss a layup, make a layup. I mean, he missed it. And he's a great player, missed a layup. That's a basic thing that would have changed that game around. It was an uncontested layup. He just blew it. <laughs> he just blew it. And those are the basics. And so even at the highest level, you don't go back and focus on the basics it gets away from you, and it gets away from you very, very quick. And so, one thing I, I talked to some of my top players, and they, and I told them, and, they, and some of them have admitted it. They're like, "Man, coach, I don't, I don't want to come to nothing but open gyms." Okay, why? Man, because man, skill training is boring. Okay, then I go watch their game, and who turns the ball over more than anybody? Who missed the layup more than anybody? Who are stepping out of bounds? Who's letting the basketball hit them in the face on rebounds? Mm-hmm. It was the kids that didn't want to go work on the basics. It's okay to start your practices with some layups. It's okay to start your practices with some mid-ranges, some, you know, some defensive sliding, stuff that you teach at. You know, It's okay because once you get it, oh, it comes right back because I remember how to do it because I'm warming up doing it, and now I can go to my advanced skills. But those kids also have came back and apologized because they saw us sitting at the game and were like, 
you know we all recorded that. <laughs> you know? It also helps a coach kind of, I would think it helps them kind of gauge what a kid's work ethic is. Mm-hmm. If they're willing to come in and put in the time off the court to focus on their basics, then that's a kid that you're probably going to want on your team because they're willing to put in the time on their game. Right. So what we're saying is putting it all together as a coach, if you're going to be the first coach that your child has, um, understand that just because you've taught it once doesn't mean that you're not going to have to reteach it and doesn't mean that you're not going to have to have them constantly demonstrate their proficiency or their ability in that, in that specific skill. Right. Yep. So once you teach them how to pass, you're going to have to circle back and make sure that they're, they're remembering the steps to make an effective pass. I've seen coach Mo have to talk to the high school players and tell the, and remind them to step into a pass. Still, it's just a mental lap sometimes and you just need a gentle reminder, but you know, it's important to stack those skills together and constantly be teaching them. So it might feel redundant. It might feel like you're doing the same thing, same teaching every single time. That repetition is where those kids are going to get that mastery of it. So, um, anything else, Coach Mo? No, I think that's, I mean, I think that's it. We can get, you know, we can get into advanced stuff and, you know, that's a conversation for, you know, another day thing, but, you know, and eventually, like you said, this, the beginning part of coaching turns into an advanced part and all of a sudden you're their AAU coach. It can turn into a big world of you staying in that kid's life, but it also could be you're setting the tone. And that's the, I guess the key thing I want to get from this is you're their first coach. Mm-hmm. You're your kid's first coach, no matter how you do it, you know, when you're in the back so- backyard with your son and daughter, when they're little, little, and you're, you're hitting a, 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 a plastic bas- a baseball bat with the plastic ball, the ones you get for like three dollars out of the store, you're their first teacher. That may fun. That that may be their first memory of learning how to play baseball. You don't even know that, but that was their first memory how to do it. Now, what experience do you want to give them? You know, right. what experience do you want to give them? Is that going to be a terrible experience where you're yelling at them because they couldn't hit a plastic ball there? No, they're having fun. What experience are you going to give them with basketball? You yell at them because the, the ball flew up their foot? It happens to adults. It happens all the time. We have some of our advanced players that come out during our open gyms. It still happens. But their first experience is something that's positive and something that's great. You're their first coach. And so all they got to say is let it, let it be fun. Let them try to – let them make mistakes. Try something, set goals, make sure you're the coach for your for your kid, and that's how you that's how you start it. Does not mean you have to have a be a career coach. Doesn't mean you have to be a career trainer for your kid. You're just the first coach. No matter how we do it, when you take them out of the hospital, <laughs> you take them home, you're the first one teaching them how to tie their shoe, how to you know tie a tie, brush your teeth, do whatever. And you're the first one that's going to teach them how to do those things here. So might as well give it a positive experience and then go from there. Okay. So now the question for us is, is this going to be a recurring series? And I think this probably could be a series of things about basketball development for different levels. So with that, you know, I think you know, we're, we're kind of voting. We're both nodding in agreement like this is going to be a series. So I think next week we're going to come and talk about developing the intermediate to advanced players. Yep. Now, Here's a homework assignment for y'all. Um, we're going to put this out to the, the universe here, um, and hopefully you guys can respond to us. Um, what questions do you have about developing your player as a parent? Um, we're pro- we're going to be posting this on Facebook. You're going to see the question post on Facebook. And probably when we post this podcast, we're going to say, here's your opportunity to ask us questions about this. Um, and we'll answer them on the show. Are there any specific things that, you want Coach Mo to cover any specific questions regarding training your beginner, your your zero to beginner player, or your beginner to intermediate player. And we'll keep it simple there. We'll handle advanced on another episode, but this is zero to beginner, intermediate uh, begin uh, beginner to intermediate. What questions do you have as a parent to help develop your player? So this is an opportunity to ask Coach Mo those questions. So um we'll be posting that um be checking for the other links in the show notes we have a a link to our hub which has all of our our stuff um you know that we have running our basketball academy and all kinds of other things um we're going to be revamping the way uh the interface for signing up for basketball academy looks so be looking out for that 
Um, we still are fundraising for Jeremiah. Be looking out for that. Virtual courses, the move courses for adults are going to be dropping here pretty quick. Uh, when we launch them, we're going to launch them big. Uh, get in early so that you can get locked in at a lower price point because um, the demand is, we get questions about this stuff a lot um, and we're expecting the demand to be pretty good on it. And once the demand comes in, um, the, the price is probably going to end up going up on these just so that we can, because if, uh, here's the thing. If you get one that you like and we get a lot of demand on it, what we're going to do is we're going to take that course and add a bunch more value to it. Yep. And uh, we're going to put a lot more time into it and develop it out. And so these courses aren't static things. We'll constantly be building them out. And so as we add more value um, to it, that's kind of where we're going with it. So um, it'll be more valuable. So you're going to want to get on those early. Um, like I said, we're going to be posting those questions. Ask whatever questions you have about developing beginning to intermediate players. Um, anything else, Coach Mo? I think that's, you know, I think that's, you know, it, I enjoy these shows here. Um, one thing I do want to be pretty, you know, pretty direct is all the things is, is like, uh, you know, we, we love doing this. Uh, we don't, we wouldn't do this podcast. We wouldn't do the training. We wouldn't have a business. We didn't love doing this. Um, this is something we talk about constantly. Uh, when me and, uh, Brian, we, we talk every day. We, 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 we try to get the best. We want our kids to be the best of the best. And when we talk about our kids, any kid that comes into the door that wants to sign up and be part of our program is our kids. They are part of what we're doing. So right. again, I think Brian made it clear. It's like, just because you play for five or six other teams or school, those kind of things there, you sign up for one of our program. You're one of our kids and we want you to be the best of the best. We want you to get better. So when we offering these you know, the, we got the dribbling, you know, we got the dribbling uh, dynamic handle camp coming up this, this Saturday and we'll have things that will probably come up once a month. They're going to be similar to that. Um, we want you there. We, if you can make it, we want you there because we want you to get better. Um, also check our, check out our, you know, check our page, check out everything that's going on there. Our team start next week. I have had some inquiries. I do want to bring this up from people that want to sponsor teams and sponsor players. Um, I would love for you to get back to me as soon as possible. And if you want to be part of that, please look down in notes and respond to us and send us a message because our teams do start. We have a seventh grade and eighth grade boys team that starts next week. And the sooner the better to get those kids on the track, to get them going for the season. Uh, we would love, we appreciate that support. So it'll be coach Mo that's coach M O E athletics at gmail.com if you want to shoot us a message. Uh, the sponsorship packages are great. It gives you an opportunity to sponsor a team, support a team, and um, depending on what level you get into, you will we'll do anything from uh, ad spots on the, you know, plugs on the show, even, even a guest spot where you can come in and talk directly about your business. So uh, take advantage of it. I'll be posting a link uh, for its sponsorships in the show notes. Um, I appreciate everybody's time. Thanks for tuning in. I think this might be a little bit shorter episode. I got to see when I start editing, but um, we wanted to get out here and deliver this to you. Um, and we'll be following up next week with more information about developing your intermediate and advanced players. So, uh, or beginning and intermediate players, I'm sorry. So signing out, this is Brian. Mo. And we will talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Peace.